we say at home, we, whenever we're doing a task for someone, we always say, praise please. And the other person has to say, thank you. Thank you so much for emptying the dishwasher. Oh, for really? Back. Yeah, it's just a joke. Ah, really. nice. Not a very funny one, though. Uh, <laughs> Well, I didn't think it was like a belly chuck, but I just thought it was like a nice a nice thing yes. that you guys do. Yeah. Um, hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. You're my very first guest in this brand new setup. I haven't slept in four days in preparation for this. I don't know how much of that is true, but I believe partly that that is... I have no idea why I do this, but I go down these wormholes where I get so hyper-focused on the task, the project, the whatever, that it's like I can't stop until it's done. That's an amazing thing to have, though, because so few people have that, and it's the thing I think in the world which is lacking the most. I think there's tons of me. Which is like, <laughs> I got some good ideas. I can be funny. I'm not going to execute anything. But you want to hop on some coattails. I would love to jump on and be like, what are we doing? So your grip is nice and tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anne says to me with our relationship that she was a spider monkey. That's how she considers our relationship to have started. But I think it's flipped at some point. I think it's like, oh, this is. Yeah. I love this girl. This is great. I'll Tell me about you. you. Tell me about your wife. Tell me about y'all's Anne. relationship. Wait, do you want me to pretend as if you don't know the beginning of this? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I say let's pretend for the let's audience. Pretend for the audience. That's what I, yeah, right. Okay. So yes. Anne and I, you may not know, Nathan, but I um went to South Korea after going to college in Florida. Went back to England for a little bit. Thought I still don't want to be in England. You know, because uh, it was cold and dark the whole time. So I went to South Korea, which was the dumbest decision in a way, because I didn't check what the weather is like in South Korea. And it's colder and darker than England is. How far north is it? So North Korea is... No, no, that's wrong. I was about to say North Korea borders with Mongolia. China borders with Mongolia. We were there for, it's not far from Mongolia. Yeah. And Mongolia is known for being extraordinarily cold. I mean, it's mountainous and it's like long winter sort of thing. And South Korea and North Korea, the land is tiny. So, you know, even when you split it up, it's just, a, you know, it's very close to whatever North Korea is close to. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's where I went. No, no, no. Let's talk more about this. <laughs> you want to know the geopolitical climate <laughs> so it gets of South cold, Korea? It gets it's very cold, cold and it's dark. And I met her on a cold, dark night on Halloween <laughs> in an Irish pub um, just out on the fringes of Seoul. No, wait, 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 wait. I thought you told me you met her at a mall. Well, I saw her in a mall, first of all. So, yeah, okay. So, you're right. Wow. Good memory, you. Thanks. We, me and my buddy, who I had been to uh, college with down in Florida, um, we were out there together. And Anne and a friend of hers from Georgia, um, who have known each other since a very young age, like single digits, I forget how young, um, were there together. And me and my buddy are going to an Irish pub, which is like the one spot that all the Westerners go to and hang out and whatever else. And I don't know where these girls are walking, but we're walking through a mall to get there and it's closed down. So the shops are closed and literally no one's in there. It's just like a walk through from the subway station to the pub. So the only four people in this whole little plaza bit are us two and they're Western. So you think, well, you say hello, right? Because that's what most people do. You're in Korea. Yeah. There's no one else. 
And they just blanked us completely. Yeah. They just ignored us. We said, like, every, we'd been there about a month, and I'd be like, hello, nice to meet you. Like, oh, where are you from? Canada. You know, you have a little yeah. chat. These girls just went, ew. And I was like, holy shit, They're that's ew. so fucking rude. How could you? Right? How could you? Have you seen my face? Must have been my buddy. And this was after college, right? This was after Florida. Yeah. So then. 2008. So then, how did you, how did you win her over? How did we? So. Anyway, you know, me and my buddy, we'd carry on to the Irish pub and think, what rude girls. And then uh, about an hour into being there, they come in and I was standing in the doorway. Yeah. So I thought I'll try and say hello again. I'm not going to be an ass about this. Ignored me a second time. They what? Walked straight past me to the bar. And I was like, that's now extraordinarily rude. Now it's personal. I think South Korea was so devoid of attractive white males that this is what led to the next part. Because she chatted to other people in there yeah. for an hour, one of whom this guy was called the Hulk because he was huge and wore a Hulk outfit that Halloween uh, day. Okay. I was so com- he just took it on completely. Just took it on, and he was a complete dick. Did and we he, saw him multiple times. Did he give himself that moniker? Everyone's going to call no, me the Hulk No, we now. did. We was just, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he intended it, but we just called him that because it was like, okay, well, yeah. clearly this is this yeah, yeah, is yeah. thing. Anyway, he could be responsible for mine and Anne's marriage because I think he talked to her and she was like, there's such idiots out here. So by the time I got to the bar, she was ready to talk to me, I guess then. Okay. And then was like, hey, you know, there's nothing out here. Okay. I'll talk to you. Wow. And that that was basically, and the rest is history. And the rest is history until Las Vegas 2009? Yeah, well, okay. So a little side note to that. My buddy and her buddy, um, you know, the four of us are all now chatting. Hold that thought. Oh, bounce that bad boy. There you go. Let's start back over. Uh, (laughs) So your name is... Okay, so Um, yes, sidebar. Sidebar, my buddy and her buddy are married with a kid too. What? Isn't that crazy? You... All four of you All guys four of us paired had the off. same that, they story of how off, you met your spouse. Yeah, they paired off before we did by hours, I guess. Wow. Um, because within about five minutes of me talking to Anne and him talking to Jenny, her name is, they're two little short guys too. My buddy's small and Jenny's tiny. Mm, and they're on these little heaven. stools with their legs swinging. They look like <laughs> just making out with each other. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I was talking to someone last week about making out when you're a teenager they were late 20s that's what i mean it was funny it was like you were making out you were grown-ups and you met each other for five minutes it's just like a pub snog ah. but then so what's crazy again because i know this is i mean i feel stupid telling you because i want to talk about different stuff but this is a fairly interesting story i think so we'll um, let the viewers decide well, let the viewers decide so okay so they you know those two are making out and they're like all right we're hanging out we're having a good time at the end of the night, I'm staying at my friend's house because my apartment, which are like glorified dorm rooms in South Korea, yeah, yeah. Um, is like 40 minutes away. So I'm staying at my buddy's apartment for the night. So we go and they get on the same train as us. And we're like, oh, you're on the same train. And then the stop comes and we're like, oh, same stop for you. And then we start walking and they're going to the same building in South Korea. I wonder what was going through their mind. Probably, but this English guy's got that dong. <laughs> Got that sweet dog. Oh, we happen to live here too. <laughs> and they did happen to live there too. South Korea is insanely 
My buddy and Jenny live next door to each other of an 18-story tower. They're in 404 and 405. This wasn't like some place where they just put the Western teachers. This was like a Korean residence. Yeah, it makes it sound like South Korea has like 20 people in it. By a significant measure, more densely populated than New York. It's just crazy. It's exact same city. So then we're like, well, you know, it's going to be too awkward to not see them again. So we all just got married. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, I mean. You live next door. What it the fuck just makes know? sense. Yeah, this is it the only move we sense. have. But we all got together. We all stayed together. Wow. And you all yeah. got kids now. Now we've all got a kid. They took like eight years longer than us to get married. Me and Anne had to get married because of my accent. They made me. Yeah. Because you um, couldn't do an American accent. No. But they were like, if you have a green card, it should. Yeah. And you can do an American accent. And that's accent. what Vegas was about. We'll that's skip over that for now yeah. because I want to get into the meat and potatoes. This is what's so funny about this very first conversation Ben has a hard out at noon, which is 45 minutes from now. Yeah, God, we and have to I go for about five hours. You, it's okay, man. I know, I know, I know. But it has taken Ben six years to get to this house. Literally six years. This is your first time here. We've yeah. been buddies for a yeah, long yeah, time yeah. now. That's crazy. I know. I know. Almost 10 years. I Honestly, I need to go that back and time. look. We may have met 10 years ago. Wait, no. Like, yeah, yes, because it was November. I need to ask Dalton when he broke, when he ruptured his Achilles. Yeah. And that because would be that would have been, it would have been the next day that That's I would have crazy. met you for the first time. Oh, was it really? The next yeah. Day? Yeah, because he was still in a walking boot. Mm. Anyways, wow. okay. That's the fastest yeah. 10 years that's gone by in my life. Is it? Is it not for you? Yeah, it is. I wonder if the Does next- Does that just happen because- um Relative to the rest of your life, it's a smaller percentage. I think honestly, what it what it feels like to me is it's like your life gets so much more enriched right. if as you get older, you don't want things to end. But when you're a kid, you're uh, like, I can't you're wait. Waiting until, for something else. I can't wait until yeah, middle school. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait until high school. That's you true. Know, you're now so you're trying much... to slow it down. Exactly. Exactly. That's a nice way of looking at it. That's what I, that's my theory. Yeah, I don't like know. it. Um, let's talk about being a dad. Let's talk about it, man. The best. It's the best. It's the best. I would love to hear as much of your journey into fatherhood Oof. as you are willing to expound upon. Yeah. Because obviously it's a story. We'll move that closer to you. Yeah. There? Too yeah, close? Oh, no, that's good. See how close it is for me? Yeah, okay. Uh... Tell me about your journey into so into being uh, a dad. for the longest time of my life, I didn't want to be a dad. Yeah, and even before when me and Anne initially got kind of together, I told her that. Mm. Then we just wanted to kind of be together in a relationship, so we had to get married. So we did that, but it was still at the point where like we haven't fixed all the kind of like future talk sort of thing, you know, like normal people do before they get married. Um, Would you recommend that? I don't know necessarily. I mean, part the obvious answer would be, yeah, do that before you figure it out. But part of yeah. our strength, I think, is that we didn't sort of thing. Like we yeah. committed to each other and we figured everything else out. Interesting. Um, and it took you guys a little while to figure that out, huh? Yeah. So about three years into our marriage, we realized we wanted to be together at least because we weren't 100% sure getting into it. You know, like this is something that we want to you know, sure. do forever. Um but three, we were like, we were sure of it. But Anne said, look, I do want kids. So if you want kids, 
you know, you got to, you get on board or else this can't, we can't be married sort of thing. Um, and I went back to England, a little trip to see some friends. I ended up taking, taking ecstasy <laughs> in a club in London. As you do. Yeah. And it all, MDMA, I should say, I don't know if there's a difference. Is there a difference? You're asking the wrong person, let it go. Okay. Look, I'm not, by the way, I'm not some massive drug addict. People haven't seen this. It was a one, it was a one-off situation. Listen. <laughs> Which one are we in? That's both these Which guys. one? We're in all. Where, where are we at? Where are we at? Not, where don't are we do at? drugs, kids. Don't do it. Don't do it. Unless you're trying to figure out massive life decisions. and That's fine. In which case. In which case. But it, I had a great means. experience on it. Really fun, loving, kind night sort of thing where we ended up dancing Ooh. in this Cuban restaurant that stayed Me open. Is... Me, one of my very good friends from home, Rich Goldthorpe, and uh, a, f- a f- good friend now, but was Richard's friend from uh, his university, this this guy, Ben. Anyway, we're just the three of us hanging out, talking about man stuff. Because we hadn't seen each other for a long, you know, Rich is my boy from like 11 years old. Yeah. And we'd all done different things and sort of come back. And so it was nice. But anyway, the whole ecstasy thing made me very clear in my head that because ecstasy just makes you love more. Yeah. And the people you love the most already really come to the forefront okay. of your mind. And it was all about Anne and starting a family. Mm. And I was conv- I was like, I think this is what's, this is what's flooding to me all the time. sort of thing. this is what's, and I was sort of rich and this is what's going to make me happy sort of thing. Right. You know, I'm looking one way down the road because forever to, I just wanted to be an actor and go out to LA and do all that stuff and have an idea of this life of being single and just kind of like really enjoying myself out on the West coast of America. sort of thing. sounds yeah. so much fun. Still does. Yeah. About this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. But, but there's always two roads, right? Yeah. And the other road felt so much more real to me. And Rich was like, that's great, but give it a week. Cause you're on ecstasy. You know, and I did. I waited the whole time. And took ecstasy every night. Like, I got to keep this going. <laughs> Otherwise, it might fall away. You know, I'm, I'm on ecstasy right now. Ever since my kid, I was like, I'm just going to pretend I'm feeling good. <laughs> you don't even know if you have a kid. <laughs> Who knows? Uh-oh. Is this my house? <laughs> so I gave so- it the week and I went back and I was so excited. I said, look, this is what I want to do. That chapter is marked as like a turning point for you. You could oh for sure that was the in. turning point. Yeah, you could yeah, tap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, oh my gosh, I'm getting over a cold. So as I breathe in randomly, there's just like phlegm and gross. This is what he's been doing recently, just like that. It's he wasn't disgusting. sick for three and a half years, and then in the last month, he's thrown up. A lot. Oh. And it's all to do with this cough. Yeah, that's what that's what Maisie's was. It was just mm. mucus. It was just this morning, my daughter just like mucus threw up all over me, like Slimer from Ghostbusters. Worst, six, my worst one. I can handle the poop, the peas, obviously no problem. And like everything yeah. else, I'm just like, whatever. It's but the sick, smell. It's the smell. The smell of sex. Terrible. I mean, honestly, all morning, Maisie was just like this. She was just like a zombie. <laughs> and you were like, I was like, you we have a podcast today. I was like, listen, you got things to you do. You suck this up. You gotta go. <laughs> um, okay, so this, so this happens... Uh, and you guys immediately go down that. Basically, yeah, let's just let's get it going. We said, started, we started trying. And I think when we got, Anne got pregnant very quickly. We got pregnant with twins um, and then had vanishing twin syndrome very quickly, which is one of the twins is, you know, no longer going to be there. Mm-hmm. Which was, 
you know, weirdly upsetting, but in hindsight, I'm like, that was barely anything. But the first time you kind of like, you, you, yeah. you're ahead in something. Um, five weeks in and losing something now, I'm like, that's child's play. We've fucking done that. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then, so anyway, we were excited about the next one. The next one, Anne got into the second term. How many so, weeks now? So you're saying that- The other twin was surviving. The other twin was surviving. Was surviving and we got into the second term and then lost that one. It would have been girls. <clears throat> would have been a girl. Which was devastating, obviously, because the you know that that stuff's it's the worst. When so, you're in the second trimester, yeah, especially yeah, you know, I mean, it's all for everyone has their own experiences with yeah. this stuff. And you find out loads of people do, but second trimester is a long way to go, and especially when it's your first one, you think like, well, this is happening. Yeah. Um. How far into the process were you guys like, as far as like baby names or nursery or um, <laughs> buying items or I do, clothes or, and stuff like that? We had. I don't think. Name. Um, I remember during that time you had made mention as you were processing it in the, in the, just, you know, as the story was playing out, I remember you saying that you regretted putting it on social media or maybe not regretted, oh, but there were, there were aspects of you that said, this announced. is complicating, this yeah, is yeah. complicating a matter that's very personal because a lot of people are checking in and asking about the pregnancy yeah, months right, right, after. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. you got to have that conversation again, 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 because yeah. you know, in a nice way, people are like, "Hey, I saw you pregnant." Right. The thing, like, actually, we're not anymore. Yeah. yeah, and it's awkward for them. It's sad for everybody. Yeah. You reliving the whole thing. I mean, in a way, I ended up talking about it so much and continued to do so throughout the multiple losses that I think it helped me. I, I, mm. I can't imagine bottling that stuff up is helpful long term. I can see why people do it. You lost two. Lost two, so the first the, the twins were gone, and then then we had a series of like and getting pregnant, maybe like called chemical pregnancies and stuff like that. Yeah. Positive test, you go a few weeks with a positive test, and then mm. it's, it's kind of done. So you're not really okay. getting far into like fetal development or but anything like that. But it's hard to it's hard. But to, the idea of like wanting yeah. to start a family and be like, here we go. Yeah. No, it's not. Here we are. You know, like so that's that's hard. Of course, it's hard because it's all confusing. How much? Do you think the, the the support that you gave as a husband carries over into fatherhood? Oh, God. You don't feel like you can do enough as a husband mm. when that's going on. You really don't. You feel so useless in so many ways. You can try to do things like practical things like, you know, making dinner and getting stuff and cleaning and all, anything and everything that you can do. But the woman particularly feels so broken by the whole thing. Um, Cause the connection is like nothing we could ever know sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you just feel like you're fighting to get to a place where you can be like, Hey, we can be happy again and we can start this. So, but, but if you, if you're still in that hole of the unknown of, are we going to have a family? It's almost impossible to get out of until you do. I feel, you know, mm. it's tough. Yeah. You guys go through a chapter of, of a lot of losses. Yeah. Another down, one got lost, further and then lost that. And then Anne just stopped getting pregnant. Mm. Um, so we thought, well, this really might not be happening. Then we went down the road of IUI then IVF. So we did IVF in Greece first because it's so expensive over here too, as everything is with the, you know, I think in the UK we looked into that because you get one free on the NHS or two maybe. Oh, isn't that fun? Yeah, have a crack. Oh, not too many. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to pay for, pay for the next one yourself. So Greece, we tried that because 
you know, financially it was going to be cheaper to go and have two weeks or three weeks, I think we went to at one point in Greece uh, with flights and everything and still pay for it. And it was going to be like a fifth of the price is what it was. Wow. States, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, and we have embryos in Greece. I think we got like seven embryos the first time and they put two in over there. Again, with the Europeans, yeah. they're like, look, we're putting two in. Let's hope something sticks. Yeah. Uh, whereas they do one here. Uh, anyway, they didn't stick. Mm. So we came back from Greece and the plan was to kind of keep going back and forward and use the other embryos that we had. Uh, but then Anne found out that Starbucks has an insurance program where if you work part-time, which is 20 hours a week, you get their insurance. And not only that, and I don't know if I'm like revealing a loophole here, you can choose to have Starbucks' most expensive insurance policy, which is like $4,000 worth a month of insurance. Work part-time and get paid like 20 bucks for three weeks of work. So, you know, the so in, wages lieu have- of, in lieu of essentially a paycheck. Yeah, my paycheck said zero every single time, said zero. Because all of it would oh, go wait, to- Oh, wait, wait, Anne didn't do it? I thought that when she announced I thought she were like, wow, <laughs> I was like, this look, is great. After this law, is great. You after, can go. After being in the office. <laughs> and I can go to my auditions. And I've got a few auditions coming up. <laughs> You know what? It's crazy. She did actually offer that. And I was like, that's the most insulting thing that you've ever done to me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you can pretend that this comes from a good place. Like, I don't mind doing it. But the idea that me, an out of work actor, would not be taking the part time Starbucks job and fucking <laughs> and the lawyer who works 60 hours will. Like, look, I'm just trying to focus on my craft. That's so fucking rude to me. Part of me wanted to call a bluff. I'd be like, do it. Let's see what happens. Just do a week and we'll find out until you go, you know what? I was fucking lying, actually. I just wanted you to do something. (laughs) Well, then you shouldn't have asked. Stop playing these games. (laughs) But how long do you have to work there? I think you have to work three months before the insurance kicks in, which isn't bad. And then, you know, you kind of, you're getting the insurance paid monthly so you can start the process of IVF, which takes its own. Now, let me ask you this. Um, Did you play that card while you were there? Did you say, Oh, yeah, hey, that's how I got the job. You're like, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And then you're that's like, how I got the, the job. You're so the favorite. People, people, love you. people leave. Praise, please. <laughs> there you go. There you worked it, it back in. Oh, you just need to know it. You need to know it. It's how I got high because so many people leave jobs at Starbucks. Like they do training and they leave, which is like 10 or two weeks or whatever. They work there for two weeks, probably like, fuck this. You know, it, you, it's a hard job, early hours for very little money. Listen, Will, we have a mutual friend, Will Russo. Uh, he worked at Starbucks. He was like a manager there at some mm. point. And he worked at the one, I believe he worked at the one right off of 75 at like uh, Mount, pa- not Mount Perrin, but the one that's like. Is it busy? Yes, it's so busy. <laughs> They're all pretty fucking They're busy, but some busy, of them are crazy he, busy. Yeah. He would talk about all this stuff. Apparently, he had to sleep in his car during one of the ice storms. And oh, God, he got stuck there. And- yeah, he, but, he, but he, he was so committed to the bugs oh, that right. he, like, <laughs> he knew he either had to open the store, he was closing the store or something. Anyways, I'm butchering his story. So anyways, <laughs> you work at Starbucks, and yeah. you guys, and and that's that that led to that was it yeah so we 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 started then with did you name your firstborn starbucks the bucks we thought about it you have a little boy ollie was the guy so yeah so we got six embryos in the u in atlanta yeah we had four boys two girls wow 
and they literally say to you like, like you've got more boys and girls. So the first one doesn't typically work. So just, you know, put one of them in and then you got a choice to make three. And so but the first one worked and it was Ollie. Did you enjoy playing God? <laughs> it's such a weird thing, dude. It's strange, huh? I would the imagine. weirdest I don't thing know too is. For a fact, but. Well, no, I mean, you can imagine though, right? You've got, because, and I'm pro-choice fully, but this is maybe. Make sure each camera sees guys, that. Don't get it twisted. I'm I'm on pro-choice, all the rest of it. But having embryos, which you then watch become a kid, literally from a freezer, they go like this, and then it becomes Ollie, who is wow. his own three-year-old boy and with his own to, personality you, were and everything. You, were you? No, I didn't pick. The doc was just like, we'll do a boy. And so he grabbed whatever it was. But, but that you was saw Ollie. it when he grabbed it. I didn't see him grabbing it. I saw him bring it in. But you saw it, though. Like, you, you've seen Ollie in... As an embryo, like, a, not embryo. Yeah, I mean, you can't see it. Thing. It's so small. Like, you wow. guys see this big kind of yeah, like, long thing, and it's on there somewhere. That him or that's her him. or him. Well, that's what's crazy, yeah. right? The, the five that weren't picked, just waiting. Yeah. That's a different kid. That's crazy. Isn't that the weirdest? That is crazy. And, and they just, like, pick me. And you got two more in Greece. And we got multiple in Greece. Oh, well, how think, many more yeah. in Greece do you have? I no, they, no we, I think we got... Oh, they put two in at a time. Yeah, they put two in at a time. We had multiple in Greece. We weren't wow. bad at getting embryos. We always had a good, yeah. good embryo retrieval. Do they donate after so a certain So that's the thing I was about to say. Yeah. That you, that's, that's the tricky part, right? Because, so, you know, Ollie is Ollie. We have two girls, three boys. One of the girl did that early of this year, and that one didn't take. So we're like, shit, we oh, got wow. one chance left. At a girl. At a girl. But Anne was like, no, we don't. We have 50-50s in Greece because we don't know the gender like of them. Wow. And I was like, you want to go to Greece for a 50-50 more so than take a guaranteed, you know, what we got here? And she was like, yeah, let's do it. So that was going to be the plan. If the girl, the second girl in Atlanta wasn't going to work, we were going to go back to Greece. I think at least she wanted to. I mean, I like it. The thing, the thing for me was about that. They don't genetically test in uh, Greece okay. by law. They do here. So yeah. you can, you can, so this is the playing God bit, right? You eliminate certain uh, genetic disorders by doing the genetic testing with mm-hmm. the embryo and you find out the gender. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, all right, this is the best of what we've got kind of thing mm-hmm. when they, in, in, in the States. But in Greece, we weren't sure of the gender, nor do these have any potential genetic predispositions or whatever else. So in my head, I was like, we got some prime grade over here, which we know it's a boy. We've got... Or we got the lucky dip. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? True. And that's true. That's hard to say because, like, you know, what kind of kid are you saying? Well, you only want the good kid? No, not the good kid. That's the wrong word. It's, you know what but I mean? But that's the thing. Like, the thing about as you process information like that, like, when, when we have these weird things that circumstances that come into our life that force us to process information like that, you're like, I don't want to think about it in terms like this. Yeah. But the human brain is forcing right. me well, to, you know, that to kid could be, consider all of I'm not, these things. I don't things. think death was an option of knowing sort of thing, but that's the choice, right? Yeah. Your kid could end up potentially being deaf. Right. You don't want the kid to be deaf because it's the quality of life, right? So you go, well, let's and go I'm with sure these embryos. I'm sure you're thinking about all of your mistakes of your past and how, you know. I'm being paid back. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> just how your sperm is probably just all kinds of fucked up. You know, you're like, what? Right, I don't know what could, I mean, <laughs> it could come out just, you know, anyways. Raving. Okay. So let's talk about fatherhood in our uh, 30 minutes that we have left. So yeah. Ollie comes and he's the best. You have a 
very cute little boy. Yes, thanks. He is, um, how old is he now? Three. He'll be four June 22nd. So he's you know, three and a half. Almost I love that you announced that like it was coming up. <laughs> That's June close. 22nd. Get your cards in. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like? What was it like day one of Father Day Night? one. Whew. Do you remember it? And I had a C-section. That was scary. Wow. Yeah, they walked me in and it was COVID. Ollie's a COVID baby. For a C-section... The curtain goes over basically halfway down the body and they've got the surgeons down on the bottom half. Right. And Anne is just at the top of it, just like up. this, drugged up. And that's where they bring me. But they brought me in through the bottom half. On the floor. Of the- <laughs> in between the legs. <laughs> I'll be your doctor today. It's a boy. <laughs> they open the door and it's like, ta-da. The timing of it was unbelievable. Like, all Hang I could on see. So I just immediately burst into tears because I saw Anne's belly get sliced wow. open and then got led around the other hand and we just held hands and cried. The scariest thing, you know, the, the drive home's a scary one, right? When yeah. you, I was almost like, just keep us here. You guys help us and look after us and make sure this baby. I remember really? you saying that though. I remember he was you saying real that. And too. so I like, I like thought about that. I thought about all the people that told me it was going to be scary. Mm. And then it was like, not well, now as- like, oh, they're doing fine now, so... Yeah, I don't know. It, just something to get through. Maybe it was just something in the processing for me. I was able to like work through the fact that in a couple of days, this, we're going to go home with this child. Right. Like I was almost eager for it. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's a nice way to be about it. I was you like were, that. But you, you, you had I to. I can't drive. You, so that was why that, I was mostly yes, nervous. That's, I mean, <laughs> those English drivers. I was nervous because I was driving home on the wrong side of the road going, shit. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so you never had any doubt that you were going to be an incredible dad, though. <laughs> Why would you phrase it like that? I just, I mean, you were, like, you're talking about being, you're driving home all scared, but like, oh, what? Yeah, you're, but li- are I you, think more you're so saying from the precious so, cargo perspective. Oh, you know see. what I mean? No, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> if we crash, we crash. <laughs> I mean, you know, the universe speaks. So, your relationship with Oliver, talk about that. <sighs> oh, dude. This is going to be the bit. He's just the best, dude. He's like, you get your best friend, right? Ah! What the fuck? We did it. (laughs) That's crazy, man. All that build-up of silly stories. I know. Oh, man. There's nothing like it. Nothing. You can't describe... It's horrible because people who might not be parents are watching and be like, fuck you, whatever else. It's obvious you can't describe it to someone who hasn't because there's nothing comparable to it. But it's the most powerful fucking thing. Like the longest of shots. And to just have your little buddy, God, I fucking get terrified of anything happening to him. I know. I know. It brings me to tears when I think about Maisie and I think about how much love I have for her. And when <laughs> I think about how different the world is because of her. Right. Right. Because you see everything so differently. <sighs> so different. Like you don't want, like for me, I have this fear that I'm 
by the amount of love I have for her and like she's just now getting to a place where she can really feel it you right. know like she really knows that her dad loves her a lot right, right over time there's part of me that feels like I don't want you to feel this pressure yeah dude I have right? the same thing to myself I'm just like oh, I'm my I'm my dad's whole everything life. And right. it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm staking it all on you, girl. Like, I'm staking everything on you, but... I heard a phrase which was, you're only as happy as your most miserable kid. And it made so much sense to me. Because even with Juan, I'm like, I'm only as happy as he is. Yeah. Like, everything is filtered through him and kind of his emotions. Like, if he's happy and if I hear his laugh, I'm just like... <gasps> it's like one of those Pixar things where you get the light comes on and just glows and you go... Bzzzing. And like the other way is like if he's upset or he's crying or you know he's yeah in pain for something for you know you the, the light dims and you just go oh, you remember and the you first take time all of it. you remember the first time like he cried because of something that happened under your watch are you big on first times <laughs> I have a terrible well, memory like, uh, it's not so no, I guess I thought like, I was going to remember everything I remember yeah. very little I'm thinking about like yeah, this yeah. next kid we're about to have and I'm like I don't know what fucking bottles you meant to use and you know, when do they sleep you how do I so- swaddle like you know I went through I'm like the family archivist in our in our home uh, and so my parents over time have given uh boxes of old stuff to us and I'm I've come across all these photos that I'd never knew I had and right. all these things and I came across this journal my mom wrote in every single day leading up to my older brother being born. Oh wow really it was like wow look at all these feelings and thoughts that she's having throughout all of this right? right right and I'm reading and I'm looking at the dates and I'm like ah oh, man it's getting close to me and it goes from like August of 1985 <laughs> to December of 1987, okay. <laughs> which is three months after I was born. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, the very first entry is like, Nick now has a little brother, Nathan, and he's very cute. And that was the last entry. <laughs> and it's like... It was literally like a, it could be a memoir of my mom becoming a mother. I went to Target. By that second kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone, everyone tells you that too. And then yeah. How it are you is feeling about becoming a dad for the second time now? I'm so excited. Yeah. I, the, for a long time with Ollie, I thought I only want, you know, cause I'm the stay at home dad and I felt like I was drowning at first. Like I did not do well very early on. First of all, I don't do well with l- lack of sleep. Used to that now, and the sleep's not nearly as bad as initially, but I don't do well with that. You know, as a new parent, it's, it's tough those first weeks. And I was going back to work, and I was like, what the fuck do I do? No confidence in myself. When you asked me before about having doubt as a dad, I don't have doubt of being a good dad to a boy or, you know, a kid. Really, yeah. But to a baby, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Really? Not at it all. It didn't come naturally to you. No, I mean, the love did. Yeah, you didn't throw out your nipple and just... Boop, you know... No, not at all. Nothing. No. I was like, you know, very tentative and like, I don't know what, you know, how yeah. do I change? All that stuff was, you know, you're just learning it. Yeah. Um, I feel very confident. It's like now I'm talking to him as playing and talk, you know. Yeah. Because you to can life be a stuff. big kid. Right, right, right. Being a kid is no problem. Well, they don't give you anything back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, that's Laugh true. at a joke. <laughs> it's just, you know, nonstop. You're just like, how do I keep this thing alive? I know. Maisie's very into physical comedy right now. Oh, they all, yeah, isn't physical comedy. It's it's, it's great getting that allowance to be oh, like, yeah. just do something Just dumb. by doing some high steps in yeah, the yeah, kitchen, yeah, she yeah, thinks yeah. that's funny or like shaking my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she thinks that's <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. It's like... 
look at me. I should take this show on the road. Right, right. Get some open mic nights. Maybe just her. I don't know. Up, up. Next stop, Maisie's dad. Ooh, tough crowd. <laughs> what are some rituals that you have with uh, with Ollie? Um, they seem to change, so I'm not sure if that makes it a ritual. Well, they evolve. I'm sure you know they go through phases and stuff. What are some What are some of your favorite rituals? Right now, the one I like is I have been spending the earliest part of the morning, the the latest part of his sleep cycle in his room. There's a mattress down. He got sick about a month ago and started doing it. And now he's like, he's scared of the dark and stuff like that. For the longest time, Ollie was the best sleeper. Like you wouldn't fucking hear a peep from him like for 12 hours. And I remember saying to Anna at one point, like, I don't think he's going to sleep better than this ever again sort of thing. There's no way really? like 12 hours. change? As he's got more old, older and his imagination is going haywire and it's Halloween and stuff. You know, now he's got all the actual, I'm a little boy with yeah, fears type stuff going on. Go Before he's just a baby and I'm tired. Yeah. We're still in that phase, so that kind of scares me because she's amazing. Oh, it's a such whole different thing. Sleeper, yeah, right. You know? Ollie was perfect. And I was just uh, like, this is never going to, you know, but it, you know, he's now leave a light on, stay yeah. with me, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, so he wakes up for a pee at about five o'clock. He calls for me. Does he call you Ben? Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> I make him call me Quinn. <laughs> Please, Ollie. Just it, that was the one shot, Please. and if you could watch just let this. me live it out. Yeah. By the way, you want to watch Dream Riders? Yeah. You want to watch Dream Riders? <laughs> All right. So no, not the full show, just the clip that just we the, made. Just that one. The clip scene, that we made to make the money. Just that one scene. Because <laughs> that one's the web good. Pilot. That was the funny one. I was talking to someone watching. about that the other day. Not to get off on a tangent with Dream Riders and like capturing magic in a room like that yeah, yeah. like i don't know if i've ever captured that kind of magic in a room since then yeah 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 it's not easy i mean it's that's not. why otherwise everybody would be doing it and i'm not to say that really we couldn't replicate it but i think it it's knowing the circumstances to capture it, i think is the most important thing mm. we che- we deviated from those circumstances yeah it was just not knowing what created it what manifested it and i think i think I, it was more the freedom of improv I, I think helps with stuff yeah. like that and having that time to the like time, yeah to sit in it and just you yeah. know like right just sit I mean you yeah. know, see on a podcast right 50 you know yeah. 8 minutes of it right it'd be like fucking skip and you get 2 minutes as a clip and it's like oh that's cool or powerful or whatever yeah. it might be yeah the same thing but if you're trying to move on like moving you know we get 3 shots at this one scene yeah cause we've built a fucking wank yourself off studio and a mall for a day yeah, no, man. Hard looking. I mean, look, whatever. Whatever. We're whatever. We now. wasted a bunch of money. <laughs> but it, it's much easier, right? To get something funny if you just be like, right, sit in a room and we'll wait for you to be funny. Well, you know what I think is also part of it too is tying it back to being a dad. Like it's you've gotta you've gotta understand like how to how to know when that magic is in the room, how to like hold on to it. Because like with Maisie, when we're we're playing and I'm making her laugh and all of that. I mean, I know that there, there's, you know, just this like energy that kind of yeah, circles yeah, yeah. the room and you're like, all right, I know that we're going to have to do something else in the next 10 minutes or so, right. but I'm not going to be distracted by anything right. other than what's right in front of me right now. You know? Yeah. It's special in that. Yeah. And it is special when it's so reciprocal too. like Ollie's very verbal and giving with like, 
how much he loves and you know what you mean to him and stuff like that like he's a real sweet kid mm. like surprisingly so I think for a lot of adults who come across him and I think I think that's because I am with him like I'm so sappy with him mm-hmm. like and people will be like you fucking wait till you have a girl like because I know how sappy you are with Ollie yeah with a girl they tell me it's going to be different I mean you know yeah, it's gonna like, a next level sort yeah. of thing. So we'll see. I I don't know what it's like to have a boy, but right. being a girl dad, like the way that she's like building her tender heart, right? It's it's magical. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of magic to it. <laughs> what was the house like that you grew up in? Tell me about the dad. An older brother, Gareth. Um, we had a really tight family. My parents were from Liverpool, just like a working class city, in the north of England. For any geography buffs out there, very good sense of humor amongst the Liverpoolians. So that always translated in my house. Um, it was just all about being tight knit and, you know, keeping the people close to you, close to you. And that, that was how it felt in the house. It always felt very safe. My mom's super sweet. My dad, they were both teachers. My mom ended up working in a clothes shop um, with her mom. She left teaching me and my brother. And that's how I remember when I was a kid, like she had a shop in town and me and my mates would stop off and I'd get 50p for a Coke or something like that. Yeah. But it was nice, man. It was Just good. a little suburb, huh? Small town, in England market town called Oakham. How far it's from? Like two hours north of London. Okay. Yeah, they're on the train just over an hour though. Wow. Yeah. And the train goes all the way out there. The train goes, yeah. One stop. No One shit. One stop to London, that's it. Wow. Which is good because it's actually, it's changed a lot. It's become much more of a commuter town. Yeah. When I grew up, it was very small and like you almost knew every street there, but now there's, you know, estates been added on and it's kind of morphed into the villages next to it. It used to be a small market town and there were villages kind of like circled around it, but now it's all kind of expanded into kind of one of them. Wow. What about your dad? Nice little spot. He was uh, a teacher for a therapeutic school, which is like kids with problems from, you know, whether it be the family background or behavioral problems and stuff like that, which was interesting because living in such a small provincial town in England, there was zero diversity. The only diversity I saw was at my dad's school with like some inner city London kids and stuff like that coming up. So I'd seen a black man. (laughs) (laughs) But I do credit that as being somewhat important, like being like, fuck man, we you know, looking back in a town that has zero diversity, you wonder how it affects how you think and stuff. And I remember we were rude about the Chinese restaurant in town and stuff because you just don't know. And then you look back yeah. and you're like, oh, probably some shit we shouldn't have been saying. Yeah, no. The naivety of innocence is a re- it's a, such a gray area. <laughs> it's so <laughs> gray. That's what I hate about canceled, you know, whatever it might be of this whole stuff because it's like intent and context matters so much. You can't murder, you know, a kid that did something like that or an old man that might say something mistakenly. No, you should murder their parents. <laughs> whether their hearts are in the right place. You know what I mean? There's so many good people that just fuck up a little bit. Uh, just a little. Just a little. Just Let a, do a little. little fuck up. The first one's free. First one's free. <laughs> that should be. Um, what was your relationship like with your dad? Close. We were very close. I was very good at uh, soccer you know, football growing up and he was a massive football fan. So um, you won him over. So that, so he was happy with me. <laughs> Your older brother. Like I can play. Older brother, older brother became a musician. He's like, mm, well, only a little okay. bit into the music. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he tried his best to, to, to do equally, but I'm sure my brother called me the golden child because I think I did get 
probably special treatment. One, you're the youngest. Yeah. And then, you know, I did quite very well at football, I suppose, early, early on. And that became my dad and I's thing. He would drive me around the country. dad kind of raised an eyebrow and said, wait a minute. Could be my ticket. pretty good. Yeah. No, we would drive around the country. Uh, He had a bad accident when I was nine in an avalanche. Nearly died. Broke everything else there is to break. No shit. They fell a long way. It was him and two other guys. In a car? No. Oh, he car. was in, oh, oh, he was in an he was an avalanche. In an avalanche. Vin Diesel. For some reason when you said accident, <laughs> I figured he was in a car. I don't know why. Carried I just pictured your dad like getting swept <laughs> away in a car. <laughs> Dude, you shouldn't have been trying to jump in a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were ice climbing. They were ice climbing in the Cairngorms, which is in what? Scotland. Where you have the things on your boots. No, 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 no. Your dad in. was an ice climber? No, he wasn't an ice climber. He'd never been. <laughs> Probably why he fell. Wasn't even an avalanche. He just fucking slipped. Like, <laughs> No, there what? was. There wasn't. Much. So there was an avalanche. Wow. Yeah, he was ice climbing and an avalanche came. I think they fell 300 feet. And it wasn't like straight down, bonk. It yeah. was like bouncing down yeah, yeah. rocks and boom, boom, you know. And they ended up, but a group saw them and they flared off and they got rescued by helicopter. Um, the only I say this because you asked about my relationship. It feels like it might have changed after that because yeah, just the fears of losing someone and everything like that. Well, physically, was he ever able to do as much with you? No, 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 not nearly. I mean, he he still... He was on his bike, like he bikes. That's what he, that's what he picked yeah. up, but he can't do like the impact stuff. So I have vague memories of playing football with him when I was younger, but it's almost like everything starts for me at like nine or 10. Yeah. Like my own, and then they end at like 16. Yeah. So you can remember all those details, but <laughs> yeah. you can't remember. Last week or when I was four. You're asking me about the first. I don't know. That was a year ago. Let me tell you about my license plate when I was 12, which I do remember all of my license plate. Yeah, we had a Renault 21, E21 MLP. We had a Astra Vauxhall white, which was D778YNR. Isn't that the weirdest fucking thing? That's and I guarantee you they're right. That's a micro power. You ever heard of a micro power? A micro power is a superpower that you have that serves <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no purpose whatsoever. Yeah, Mine is I'm butt ambidextrous. I can flex my butt cheeks individually. Can I? I don't know. Yeah. I think am I doing my whole thing? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, to Yours be honest, isn't a thing, I'm really, to, is it? I'm trying to figure mine out. <laughs> it's a, I'm workshopping it. <laughs> Ollie, Ollie mooned me the other day. What? In your pie. Wow. <laughs> I've never even shown him what a moon is. That must be genetic. Pulled him down and wiggled his butt. Like, what the fuck are you doing? We're in a your pie. I want to imagine that he thought about it for a period of time before doing yeah. it. So he's like, am I going to do it? That was the mo- Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. The mind you of the child. think kids do premeditate stuff? I think he is now, actually, for a long time. I don't think everything was in the moment. I know that Maisie, uh, she's in this stage where she's starting. You can tell she's, like, wanting to, you know, do things, mm. like, that are mischievous yeah, or that yeah, she's yeah. not supposed to do. Let's stop that. pushing boundaries. Yeah, you're in for a whole different phase. Yeah, no, we're in the start of it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. How old is she now? She'll be two in January. Two in January the... 17th. 17th. Yeah, and you guys... January 4th right now is the scheduled date. C-section, yeah. Wow, that's awesome, man. Well, dude, thanks for coming on. This right. is... 
I'm sh- I, I don't even think that angle recorded all the way these angles who knows I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to color correct this but I at least have some test footage and the audio recorded so nice. and come do it again I will all right buddy. I'm come see you I know I love this you. where the music comes in yeah this is when the music comes <laughs> in what do you I'll got? figure out the right time to get the music to kind of fade up <laughs> yeah. now, right now <laughs> <laughs> I got to pee all right love you dude love you